All right. Show of hands, red light runners. I know some of you are thinking, uh, orange, but not really red, right? So you always you ever have that debate in the car, what color was the light? All right. Uh, that was red light runners, green light sitters. Yeah, you bunch of liars. I know there's a bunch of more green light sitters. Because <laughs> everybody hates that person until... You are. You are like, ah, I thought I'd never do that. But there I was, thinking I was timing it. So you might think, why would we even ask such a question? Here's why. Uh, as followers of Jesus, it's actually pretty easy to become, as it relates to this book, red light runners. You know what I mean by that, right? Where the scripture says, stop, but you run it. And it's pretty easy to become green light sitters. Where the scripture says, do this, but maybe we're distracted or some other reason we're sitting where it says go and we are running where it says red. So that's what I want us to look at in the scriptures this morning, but not from one single place. So we're not actually going to go to Ephesians this morning. I want you to go with me to the end of the first gospel. So first book in the New Testament, the gospel of Matthew. And if you have a Bible... We're going to run through this. If you want to try and keep up, try and keep up. If you're like, ah, oh, that's too distracting, it'll be up here on the screen for you to follow along with the scripture. But we want to see where we may be specifically red light runners or green light sitters. The last chapter of Matthew chapter 28, the end of that chapter, Jesus says to his disciples, now, before he says this, understand, here's context. He has lived a sinless life, died a substitutionary death, meaning paid the penalty for our sins, been raised from the dead, and appeared so hundreds of people saw the resurrected Lord Jesus. And then he says to his disciples, as the risen Jesus, he says to them, all authority has been given to me. Where? In heaven and on earth. Go. What's that? Red light, green light. <laughs> this is green light. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. In other words, for as long as you're going to live, if you're a follower of Jesus who's believed in the substitutionary death and the resurrection of Jesus, he will be with you. That's the promise. That's how the gospel Matthew ends. Here's how the gospel of Mark ends. Mark chapter 16. And he said to them, go, green light again, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Really the same idea, but the gospel of Mark is a lot shorter than the gospel of Matthew, and so he always says things a little more succinctly. Go, all the world, preach, gospel, all creation. The doctor, Luke, who wrote the gospel of Luke, here's how he ends his gospel account. He, Jesus, said to them, disciples, thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day. And that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed 
in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. Another green light. Here's how the Apostle John speaks to this same issue. Second to last chapter. So Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the Father has sent me. Where'd the Father send the Son? Where? Into the world. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. So all four Gospels pretty much end the same way. The next book in the Bible in the New Testament is the book of Acts, the account of the beginning of the church through the apostles. And it begins this way. Jesus, again, to his disciples, you will receive power. When? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem, green light, and in all Judea and Samaria, green light, and even to the remotest part of the earth. Now, I don't think, for some of you, that's new information. But for all of us, it's super important this morning that we are reminded that every gospel ends and the beginning of the church begins with the same clear, repeated command, mandate of Jesus, which is what? How would you summarize it? Go where? Everywhere with? With the gospel. The clear and repeated command of Jesus is take the gospel to all people everywhere. Jesus is, as you write that down, you know what he's confronting? A bunch of green light sitters. Yes, the church is very adept at sitting at green lights. Because he said, green light, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, go, 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 go. What? All the world with the gospel. Which begs the question, if there is, this is the clear and repeated command of Jesus, take the gospel, what is it? What is the gospel? It means good news. Here's the good news. And maybe if you're taking it, you want to write this reference down. First Corinthians chapter 15, the opening few verses, one through four, he says, the apostle Paul says, I'm delivering, I'm delivering what I received. And here it is. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures was buried and rose again, according to the scriptures. The gospel is Jesus died for our sins and was raised from the dead. Now, there's, there's lots more questions that you may go, oh, there's more. Well, uh, well who is Jesus? <laughs> and what are sins and what is the result of sin and how did his death have anything to do with our sin and is there evidence for his resurrection? Hey, there's a lot to unpack with that, but at core, Jesus said, here's what I want you to go everywhere telling, I died for sin and was rose from the dead on the third day. That's the good news. Question. Why does that need to go everywhere? Hmm. 
Here's why this needs to go everywhere. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Peter says in his sermon, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven. So you can't find one. There's no other name given among men by which we must be saved. See, I don't know if you've ever asked yourself the question, why does the gospel need to go everywhere? I know Jesus says that, and that seems like a good thing to do, but why? Why does it need to go everywhere? Very simply, the gospel, Jesus died for sin and was raised from the dead, needs to go everywhere because only Jesus can save. Are you following that? <laughs> it's got to go everywhere for the simple reason that only Jesus can save. And so the Apostle Paul says, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. See, I love the fact that people will say, I think the gospel, just have a hard time with the gospel. It's so narrow. Is that narrow? Come on. Is that narrow? No. Whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. How is the gospel narrow? It has a single door of entrance, and that door has a name, Jesus. Tell me this. Better to have a broad door and a narrow invitation or a global invitation to a narrow door. See a difference? See, it's not narrow at all to say whoever will believe in the name of the Lord will be saved. It's an open invitation, which is why, what did Jesus say? You gotta take it everywhere because whoever, whoever will call, whoever will believe will be saved. So he asked, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in whom who they have not heard? What's his point? The gospel has to go everywhere because only Jesus can save and only people who hear the gospel can believe. Did you catch that? Jesus died for our sin and rose from the dead. Believe and be saved. The whole world's invited to pass through the door named Jesus. <laughs> but you can't believe it if you haven't heard it. Now, anybody know people who have heard it but not believed it? Let me see your hand. Yeah. Uh, my life's full of people who have heard it 
but not believed it. Do you know anybody who's never heard it? Hmm. Isn't that interesting? A bunch of us people know people who have heard but not believed, but hardly any of us like know people. You may know that there are people. But we don't know people who have never heard it. Do such people exist? This is a picture from the Joshua Project. Joshua Project is a group of people who have determined to understand where the gospel has gone and where it has not yet gone. And they use some basic colors, which is, now you'll probably put in together why we started with a color question. They use some basic colors. We live in green. What's that mean? That means as they define green, that at least 2% of us are evangelical believers. We've heard and believed, at least 2% of us. But there's a significant section of the world, some people call this, because of latitude and longitude, the 1040 window. And within that window, as you look at our world, you have a vast section of red. And what that red represents is that less than 2% of the people represented in the red are evangelical followers of Jesus Christ. And within that vast red, there are thousands of what they would call, and a term I want us to understand this morning, unreached people group. They define again what is unreached, red, less than 2% of the people are evangelical followers of Jesus. If you wonder what this is, this is a list of the people groups who are red, who have less than 2%, except that's only 1-17th of the people groups in the world who are red according to the coloring of the Joshua Project because it's alphabetical and all we get starting with Afghanistan is partially through Bangladesh. Seventeen of those representing people groups who have never or outside of the gospel reach. What would Jesus want? When Jesus looks at this, what would he want? Red to green. How's red become green? What did Jesus say? When green goes to red. Green goes to red so that red becomes green. That was his final. He, he said to a bunch of green guys, if you know what I mean. The 12 guys were green guys. He said to a bunch of green guys, what? Go. 
don't sit at red light. Uh, don't sit at green lights. Lost in your world, and what's happening in your world? Consumed with your world. Don't sit at green lights. Go. I was a goer. The Father sent me. You're following me? Be a goer. How does red turn green? The scripture says very clearly. How will they hear? This is back to the Romans, 13, Romans chapter 10. They can't call on someone they believe. They haven't believed. And they can't believe if they haven't heard. How will they hear without a preacher? And how will they preach unless they are sent? Two critical questions revealing this reality. The gospel is to go to all people everywhere because only people, only Jesus can save and only those who have heard of him can believe. Therefore, the gospel going to all people everywhere requires, that text says very simply, goers who proclaim and senders. And I've defined what sending is. Senders who do what? They give so goers can go and they pray for goers who go. How, how are they going to believe if they haven't heard? Well, they're not. <laughs> how are they going to ha- hear without a preacher? They're not. So we need goers. And how are they going to go unless they are sent? So, critical question. What do we do with this? What do you do with this? Well, in a moment, we're going to share with you, what do we do with this? But it really doesn't matter unless you agree with what the scripture says. You know what I mean? So, thus far, you've been sitting here listening to me. Some of you nodding, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to declare, no, I I believe this. And it's going to be really simple. I'm going to ask you some yes, no questions. And then as a reflection of if you believe what I'm about to ask you, I'm going to invite you to stand and with Matt declare it in song so that we're all on the same page because once we're all on the same page of what we believe then we can move together you tracking with me so first question do you believe everybody needs forgiveness yes or no I snuck up on you do you believe that everyone needs forgiveness yes or no do you believe Yes or no? Do you believe only Jesus can save? And do you believe as a follower of Jesus, you have a mandate to go or send? Yes or no? Let me invite you to stand and let's declare. Everyone needs compassion 
Love that's never failing Let mercy fall on me Everyone needs forgiveness The kindness of a Savior The hope of nations Jesus, He can move the mountains My God is mighty to save He is mighty to save pastor here. So I have a question for you. What does this map do to your heart? When you see all the red in the world unreached, less than 2%, a lot of places, a lot, lot, lot less than 2%. What does that do? Suppose you were a place of business, had 100 people, you were the only one. 1%, you know, or 200 people, and you're the only one, 0.5%. What does this do to your heart? So much. What does this wall do to your heart? All these people groups. I hope, if you noticed, we have the whole wall, except for this one, set up outside. Every country in the world, with all the different, the large letters are the names of the countries with all the different people groups with their uh, population. And uh, what does that do to your heart? So, do you have the clicker? Oh. Ah, It does something to my heart. And so now that we've got our heart in this place, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like our hearts to change and move to a place of excitement, move to a place of celebration, move to the other spectrum. Why? Because Christian Family Chapel has decided, let's do something new to move the world from red to green. 
Okay, so you with me? Well, you can cheer. You can be excited. We're going to do some stuff. We're going to talk about some stuff today. And so I hope your heart, when you walk out, is a little bit different than it was when we're looking at the map. Okay? So let's transition. We have this initiative, and we're going to move. We're going to ask the Lord to use Christian Family Chapel to move a people group from red to green. And we're going to work on this for the next four years. And I hope by the end we're saying, man, they have really significantly moved from red towards green. Okay? Who knows what the Lord's going to do? He has a role, but we have a role too. So do you want to know the people group that we're going to work with? Yeah? Yeah, I'm not telling you. <laughs> not yet, because that's just that's what we do it on. Family, you know, you just build. So I'll give you some hints. Okay? We are going to work with a people group in South Asia. Okay? So why South Asia? Why are we going to South Asia? Because there's over 1.83 billion people that live in South Asia. That's such a big population. And South Asia has the highest concentration of unreached people groups, 3,660. My understanding is there's 7,400 unreached people groups. 3,660 unreached people groups live in this little area of the world, South Asia. Also, 55 of the 100 largest unreached people groups are in South Asia. When you browse the wall, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at some numbers, and uh, if you will go there afterwards, and we have a celebration afterwards, I hope you'll go out there, but I'd like you to concentrate, maybe take some of your kids with you, but look and say, what are some of the biggest numbers we can see? There'll be some 10 million people in that people group. If you take the, all the largest ones, 55 of the 100 of those largest ones are in South Asia, and close to half the world's remaining unreached people groups are in South Asia. So you see why we're thinking it's strategic to be in South Asia? 95% of individuals in South Asia live in an unreached people group. So that's why we chose South Asia. Now, next tent, as I'm unveiling to you our people group. It's one of the few countries in South Asia. Let me tell you which one. India. We're going to India, okay? This is why we chose India. India's population is 1.39 billion people. Let me give you an idea of what that looks like. Take all the people in North America and South America, and it's less than the number of people in this one country. <laughs> wow. All the people in North America and South America. Another fun fact, all the countries of Africa, the entire continent, put them all together, less people than the number of people in this one country, India. Huge population, India. They also have 2,140 people groups that are considered unreached. See all the red in India? Not much green. 2,140 different people groups. Some have a few, small population. Some have huge populations. Also, one-third of the world's remaining unreached people groups live in India. So, can I illustrate with our wall? From here to here, these are all the unreached people groups in Afghanistan. But here's Albania, and they have one, two, three 
different unreached people groups. And Algeria goes from here to here. Okay, so different sections. But if you went to the, when you, I hope you go look at our India, where India starts. It actually starts about belt high. And it goes to the ground. Like from this high down, that many unreached people groups. But then you look up at the next one, and there's no new country because the entire next wall is also India. And then you look, and the entire next wall is all of India. And you look, five total walls plus a little bit more are the unreached people groups in India. So that's why we're going to India. Okay? Now, it's ready to tell you the people group that we're going to work with. The people group in India, the Shamar people of Sikh persuasion. Okay? Longer name, but there's a Shamar people group of Muslim persuasion. There's a Shamar people group of Hindu persuasion. We're going after Shamar people group of Sikh persuasion. What's Sikh? What's another religion like Islam or like Hinduism? It's uh, Sikhism is their uh, religion. We're going after them. We have some reasons. We've chose them. Let me tell you about the Shamar people group. They're the people group of Sikh persuasion. There are 1.5 million people in this people group. So it's, 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 it's a big road to hoe. Um, uh, they're not, remember we said an unreached people group is less than 2%. My understanding is they're 0.5. So like very, very few. And we would like in the next four years to God give us fruit, give fruit, and over 2% are followers of Jesus, evangelical Christians, in the next four years. So, whew, how do we go about this? Well, let me tell you where it is. The Shamar people group, if this is a map of India, like the United States has 50 different states, so does India. It's not 50. I forget how many it is. Um, But one of the states is called Punjab. And almost every Shamar people group of Sikh persuasion person lives in Punjab. It's like 100,000 that live outside that, and they live around the world. But... uh, vast majority of them live in Punjab, the state of Punjab. The state of Punjab has 23 districts. So in a state like Florida, we have counties. They have districts. Uh, and Punjab is the size of West Virginia. So one of our smaller states is the size of Punjab. However, they have 1.5 of the population of Florida crammed in the Punjab. So take all the population of Florida and then another half of that again and put them all into the state of West Virginia. That's what Punjab is about. And they have, they have the smart people group of Sikh persuasion, of Muslim persuasion, and Hindu persuasion. That's three different people groups living in that state, Punjab. But they also have 475 more different people groups living in Punjab. Okay, so it's different than it is here but this is where the Shamar people are in India. So what have we done? Are we just going to pray and, and hope? What are we going to do? Well, we've done some research and we've created a partnership. Okay? And the, we have a, with another organization, the other organization is going to have a role and we're going to have a role as Christian Family Chapel. Who's the other organization? 
not telling. You're not even getting hints, all right? Because it could, there's a security reasons, and we don't want people to be put in danger. So you just need to know we have an organization uh, that one of our missionaries is with. And that is a hint. You're right. Um, and, and we're going to be working with them for four years, okay? And then they're going to have a role, and we're going to have a role. What is their role? Our partner's role is they're going to do five things. They're going to recruit and hire 16 evangelists slash church planners. They're going to be going out and doing evangelism and training churches, building churches, um, uh, not the structures, but starting with the people and teaching them how to be uh, a church, and then raising up leaders. They're going to share the gospel, plant churches, raise up leaders. That's the first thing our partners are going to do. They're going to mobilize and equip churches to reach the lost, make disciples, and plant other churches. They're going to host 12 church planning movement trainings every single month for the next four years. They're going to have quarterly leaders meetings to get all the leaders together that they can, the evangelists, the church, the pastors, and they're going to pray, do strategy plan and talk about best practices and then they've also agreed as part of their partnership is they're going to host trips what does that mean that's us okay so that's their role they're going to do that and then we have a role three hundred thousand dollars over four years that's going to pay for the stuff we just read about the um the hiring the evangelist the church planning getting everybody travel to and hosting uh the training centers um they're they're going to, CFC is going to do 300000 over four years. We're going to send at least two trips a year, and we're going to involve most areas of the church in this initiative to pray, to give, and to go. So do you understand the partnership? We've spent a lot of time on it, but that's it in a nutshell. That's the partnership, okay? Now, you're thinking, okay, What's, what, how's this going to work? How's this going to work? Is it going to work? Well, we're going to trust the Lord for it, but I got something to tell you. We actually already started. We started back in October. We just didn't unveil it till today. So, and we're holding them accountable on quarterly uh, sections. They're given accountability on that because uh, we want to make sure everything's working well. And so from October, they started and they finished their first quarter with us in De- on last day of December. So can I tell you about the fruit from October already? Okay, already done. This is history for us, all right? It's very exciting. How many evangelists? Wait, let's do a review. What's the name of the people group we're dealing with? Shamar people of... Seek persuasion. Let's do a spelling. Let's learn some spelling. Shamar. C-H-A-M-A-R. Okay, let's do it again. C-H-A-M-A-R. Of what persuasion? Seek. And it's not S-E-E-K. It's, ready? S-I-K-H. Man, you guys are great. All right? Uh, Let's do it one more time. We are dealing with the Shamar people group of... Okay. That's it. All right. Now, what fruit, how many, oh, how many evangelist church planners were we going to hire? 16. Here's the good news. In October, November, and December, 
We started there. We already have a team of 10. You want to see them? Yeah, I'm allowed to do this. Ready? There they are. Good looking bunch of fellas, aren't they? These guys love the Lord with all their heart, and they want to see the Shamar People Group change for Jesus. Now you say, Bill, there's 12. Yes, because one of the guys in there is our whole point leader for this, for the other organization we're partnering with, and then this is training day, and so one of the other guys is the trainer, leading the training. But 10 of these guys, they're like literally CFC East, okay? They're on staff at CFC East. There are guys, we're paying their salaries to go out and to make a difference in Punjab, specifically with the Smart People Group, okay? Now, how, I told you there's a lot of people groups in Punjab, 478. The Shamar are not, like, are not just like the Shamar of Sikh persuasion. They're not like all in the Mandarin area of Punjab, Okay, they're not all, they're everywhere and they're, they're interspersed. So as our team is going out sharing Jesus, they're actually meeting other people and they say, can I tell you about Jesus? Yes. Well, first of all, are you Shamar? No, oh, never mind. You know, they, they're not doing that. They just go ahead and say, let me tell you about Jesus. And so um, here's the fruit since October, we've already got 10 of the guys well on our way. I'm hoping by the end of March, the next quarter, we have all 16. Okay, pray about that. But here's some of the fruit since October from these guys. Ready? We call them gospel shares, where they go up to somebody and say, I'd like to tell you about Jesus. Then they share the good news of Jesus' wonderful grace and forgiveness. And they share the gospel and how they can become a follower of Jesus. In the Punjab reason, because they don't know exactly which people are until later into the conversation, they've actually shared the gospel 8,030 times. And as they found out, 861 were our Shamar friends of Sikh persuasion. Is that cool? They have shared the gospel. They're getting it on. Okay? Have anybody said yes? Yes, they have. I am so pleased to tell you that we have brothers and sisters in Christ to the tune of, these people said yes, 992 in the state of Punjab. Yeah, no kidding, and 131 are already our Shamar friends. 131. So of the 992, there was 131 as they found out that the Shamar seek persuasion. Their lives are changing. Okay, once somebody has... Um, accepted Christ, they start, by, our, our, our team, CFC East, starts doing Bible, say, would you be interested in learning the Bible and studying it more? Frequently, they say yes. And so, uh, and at the, they have two different Bible studies they work with them for, but one Bible study ends in it's, it's all about how do you be a disciple of Jesus? And it has praying and reading your Bible. And, 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 but in the end, there's a baptism section. And so they say, are you at a place where you're ready to get baptized? And so of our 992 in the Punjab area and 131 in Shamar's that got saved, gone through these Bible studies since October 1st, 
107 said, I'm ready to get baptized in Punjab, and 25 of those 107 were Shamar people groups. That's a big deal to get baptized there because you're really leaving. It's potential you leaving your family. You're saying they're going to reject you, and your life is about to be completely changed. Okay, when you get baptized there, 107 said, yeah, I'm in love with Jesus. This is good. I'll follow him, and it's going to cost me. The other Bible study they do leads them to, hey, Jesus, when he left, he started this thing called the local church. And they, have, they go through these Bible studies, and they go through nine attributes of what a church is. They go through the book of Acts, or Acts chapter 2 is where they land specifically, and the people are meeting together. They're breaking bread together. They're worshiping together. They're studying the scriptures together. They're meeting in homes together. They're sharing the gospel with others. And they go through these nine attributes and they say, would you guys, this Bible study, would y'all like to be this, a church? And sometimes they go, well, we could get in a little trouble, but let's do it if that's what Christ said. And so since October 1st in the Punjab area, there are 72 new churches planted and 21 of them are Shamar people group of Seek Persuasion. <laughs> Holy cow! Is that not awesome? Wow. So, red to green. What are we going to do? We're going to, I told you the big bullet plan of what they're going to, our team, our partners are going to do and what we're going to do. Our big part is pray, give, and go. And so, we're going to ask you to incorporate prayer for the next four years for our brothers and sisters, the Shamar People Group, for our evangelists. And so uh, we have a big shindig going on outside uh, that you'll be participating afterwards. I'll let you know about it. But there's some stickers that we have about red to green and India and Punjab. And if these might help you pray, maybe you put them on your Bible, on your laptop, whatever you would, might do. Put it on your mirror where you brush your teeth in the morning and you can say, we want to help you pray, <laughs> you know, but we really want you to be praying for Shamar People Group of Seek Persuasion for the next four years. What might you be praying for? You might be praying for health and protection of our India team, for gospel shares and responses and these churches. Can you imagine just starting a church? Most of these churches, you need to know, they don't look like Christian Family Chapel. It's more, remember that Bible studies that sort of declared, we're not just going to listen, but we're going to try to start doing these nine things. We're talking five people, maybe 15 people. That's what most of these churches are. But what a beautiful thing. Christ loves the church. He calls it his bride. And all these churches are starting. So we would ask you to be praying for these churches. So we're going to pray, give, and go. Next slide, you know, is give. So you're like, here it goes. But you're gonna, we're going to start that fundraiser for $300,000. Here we go. Well, let me back up and they'll tell you a little story. It was about a year ago right now that Doug and Tony brought me into their office and said, we know you're a youth pastor for the middle school students. We know you're a counselor. We know you're, you do the counselor training uh, for the exam track. But we'd like to add to that, and we'd like you to become the mission pastor also, you know, because you're usually done by 2 or 3 in the afternoon. Let's do some. So anyway, they, I'm the, I get the privilege of being the mission pastor. 
And so uh, we talked, and I was like overwhelmed. What does that mean? There's conferences and books and learning and, and mission team. And, and, and finally, I think Doug saw my eyes getting a little saucery, and, 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 and he said, Bill, let me make it real clear. Sit down. And, and then he, I think he even said, you might want to write this down. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to raise up new goers and I want you to raise up new senders. That's it. That's what a good mission pastor does. New goers, new senders. In fact, everyone should be a sender. It'd be great if the whole church became senders. Not everyone goes, but everyone should be sending. So last weekend, I'm pleased to report, we had our ready conference. College students, high school students, middle school students, a couple hundred of them. And we met from 5 o'clock till 8.45 p.m. And we met in with here. It's primarily people that haven't chosen their career yet in life. And we challenged them, hey, would you put missions as one of your considerations? Just ask the Lord. So last week, heavy emphasis on, from Doug's words, raise up new goers. Man, we had people standing saying, it was really beautiful. I wish you could have been there. This week... We're asking everybody, hey, would you be a sender? We want to raise up senders, okay? So that's what we're doing. Back to the $300,000. You ready? Y'all going to like this. It was a week or two after, I, don't, I forget how long it was, before I found out, the elder said, we want a new initiative. And because of Christian Family Chapel's generosity, for the last few years, there's been an abundance. And they said, Bill, would you and the amazing mission team come up with an initiative that would change an unreached people group, to change, help unreached peoples, and simultaneously change our church? Find something like that. And that's where we're at today. And incredible news is, because of your generosity, we already have the entire $300,000. All of it. Yeah, yeah. It's in a mission fund account right now. I have the money sitting there. We just sent check number two this week, you know, for over the next. So we're not doing that. But I thought we ought to, we ought to give everybody a chance to give because the elders are all in the mission team's all in and we just want the whole church in everyone and then we thought what's unique and now our partners have not asked for this this is just extra credit this is icing on the cake at Christian Family Chapel the Bible is very important to us isn't it do you treasure your Bible are you touching your Bible isn't it a nice to touch your Bible? They have Bibles in Punjabi for the smart people of Sikh persuasion. And what we're going to do, they have these exact Bibles. This exact one. I bought this in the United States on Amazon, and it cost me $19.99. But this exact Bible, no difference, same cover, everything, put out by the same people, exact Bible, our friends in India can order, and it's $5. So, here's what we want you to do. We would like 
everybody at Christian Family Chapel to buy one Bible at this time. I imagine we're going to do Bible drives later in the year, and we're going to need a whole bunch. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to say, would you give one Bible signifying today, I'm in. I'm in. Okay? So, Tony and Lisa are here. We're hoping Tony and Lisa will buy two Bibles. <laughs> okay? Not a hundred Bibles. Two Bibles. That's only $5 each. That's $10. Yes, that's what we're asking. We're asking you to say, we're in. This is a statement of saying, I'm in. There's a QR code here. I see people with the phones. It's the simplest way to do it. It takes you right to a form and buy it. Um, we also have envelopes. You can put a check or cash. We have, you can put these in the boxes on the way out. We have two Punjab Bible tables outside that you can go and you can see these. And you, if you have a problem somehow giving me, we just want to make it easy for you. And you can talk to those people. But we're asking everybody to buy one Bible. And we want you to do it by midnight tonight. Some of you are already done. Very proud of you. All right? Way to go. But by midnight tonight, because we have staff prayer time tomorrow, I want to come in for staff prayer and report, here's how much the church is in. This is their signal, how they've signaled us. And there's a place to put the people that you're representing on it. So do that on your envelope or on there. It has on the QR form. Uh, so mine would be, it might be Bill, Denise, Kent, Ian, Anna, Eric. Okay, we'd buy six and we would put the names. So we'd have the names of everybody. If you have a young one, uh, put their name in and buy one for them too. And then talk about it. It'll help during your prayer time. It's another thing you can pray about is the people that actually received their Bibles, that it would be a blessing to them. Sometimes in this area, it gets them in trouble to have a Bible. Be a great thing for you to pray about for them. Okay? And then, uh, if you're like Bill, I'm dying. I want to put more money in. I'm dying. There is a place. We're going to be sending teams, and that's going to cost a lot of money for them to raise support. So we thought, why don't we make a team um, fund, and it'll help them out when we send teams. And so if Tony and Lisa said, man, we want to put $10, 5 for each of us, but another $10 towards the team, there's actually a spot because I know some of you guys are just real go-getters, okay? And so there's money if you want to do more, but that's really not what we're asking today. Today's the day just stating I'm in. So then we're going to, over the next pray, give, and then you can go we're going to send over the next four years 80 to 100 of us from Christian Family Chapel to actually go there, join our partners, and go out with them throughout the week that will be there in different weeks of the year and share the gospel. So pray, give, and go. If you want to say, man, I hope they don't forget to ask me, you can, we have going tables out there where you can put down, you can talk to somebody, have a discussion, and you can say, hey, Make sure when you're starting these teams that I get an invite, you know, we can put you in there. And so we'll make sure. So go out to those tables also. Our elders are in. I'm going to ask the elders to come to the front with us. And this is, and, and they're going to pray. But I'm going to ask uh, them, uh, they're standing here saying, we're in. The missions team is completely in. The staff is in. They've had more fun planning this. And then also... Uh, we want every person in the church in. So I have some questions for you before they pray. 
And I'm like, they're all the same answer. And I'm going to teach it to you because I want to give the question and you give the answer. Here's the answer. They won't. Got it memorized? Okay. So here's the questions. And then, Eric, you'll pray for us. Okay. Here's the questions. It's right after Paul talks about whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And here's the four questions. Answer, answer with the energy that you have about this initiative in volume. Okay. How then will they call on Jesus in whom they have not believed? They won't. Very good. Next question. How will they believe in Jesus whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? And how will they preach unless they are sent? Eric, pray for us. I'll give us final instructions. Thanks, Bill. It's our privilege to pray. I ask that everybody in the South Auditorium to stand up and North as well. As we commit ourselves to this work, we're excited as a group to, to be participate. So it's a privilege to be able to join God in his work. <clears throat> Lord, thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your work on the other side of the world. Um, Lord, you made it clear in your scriptures, um, your heart for the world, and you made it clear also your uh, command to go and to share the gospel with those who have not heard. So, Lord, we come before you today, and we ask that you would please um, uh, let us be faithful stewards and obedient. That's our heart. Our heart is to be faithful to what we've heard and and, uh, faithful stewards of what you've entrusted to us. Please open the hearts, Lord, of the Shamar people group of Seek Persuasion, and uh, may their hearts even now be, uh, again, to be come open to what they will hear. And Lord, we thank you for partners who are faithful and working and on the ground now. And we ask that you would strengthen and protect them. Um, uh, Lord, may they continue to be faithful there. And uh, Lord, we ask that you would please um, establish new churches, uh, Lord, that would bring you much glory uh, over the earth. And Lord, please soften our hearts again to this people group that we've heard about today. Um, And may our hearts, Lord, be in line with yours for this world. May we be obedient. And we thank you again for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen.